Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're in a series called The Hope of Heaven. We've been discussing what heaven is like. So far, Pastor Nicole has shared about the separation that occurred between heaven and earth in the Garden of Eden. She's also talked about what's happening in heaven right now and what will be happening in the future. Last week, she was joined by several friends to answer some of your common questions about heaven. Today, we're joined by Pastor Daniel Brooker. He's going to be sharing about a very specific being that we often associate with heaven. He's going to discuss the role of angels, both in heaven and on earth. Let's get started on this interesting topic today. Here's Pastor Daniel. I am so excited to be uh, speaking with you guys. I am not Pastor Nicole, but I get to pick up the mantle a little bit here today as she uh, has been teaching about heaven. So if you've been joining with us or if you've been here the past couple weeks or maybe this is your first week, go back, listen to the sermon that she's been, the sermon she's been preaching. But we've been going through this series regarding heaven. How many of you have been enjoying it? How many of you have been really enjoying it? It's, yeah, it's, a, it's been fantastic because... I think all of us at one point in here feel that we've had questions about that, right? We either we're just learning about it or the fact is that we have this excitement because I grew up in the church and I remember this excitement and this hope for this heavenly destination, this this goal, this place we're going to get to someday, right? And we get to learn about that, but then we really, when you dive into it, as we learn more about it, we realize that, hey, it's not just hope for something that's going to come in the future, right? It's not just this hope, which it is there, but it is, as Jesus would say, on earth as it is in heaven. So then we realize this isn't just like for the future, right? But it's for now. It's things that we're learning and, in, and instituting into our life now. And we desire to believe that Jesus is there preparing and this beautiful, wonderful place for us, for us for eternity. Now today, I get to kind of take us into a side topic here. We get to discuss the topic of angels. And, and I was excited about this and also terrified at the exact same time. Because I'm like, wow, I believe actually my exact words to someone were, man, how far down that rabbit hole do I go? I mean, there's a lot of information here that we could talk about with this. And many of us have taught or have experienced through life that shaped the way we think about angels. Uh, and we uh, can see that up here, I'm going to put up some pictures. I want to see if you recognize any of these angels that you may have seen before. Check out this one. How many of you can tell me what this is from? Anyone remember? Touched by an angel, right? This was like my childhood right here watching this. Because God loves you and he wants to help you, right? It's, that was more, a little more Scottish, I think, than British. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we got the touch by an angel. Or maybe we go back a little further and you think of angels in this context right here. Right? Man, one of my favorites right there. One of my favorites. A wonderful life. Remember, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Is that theologically correct? Well, all right. Questions that we have. But really, truly, truly one of my childhood favorites. Anyone got this one here? How many people can recognize and remember this? Yes. Angels in the sports field. There's obviously no angels with the browns. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> They've tried, okay? But this was one of my favorites growing up, Angels in the Outfield. And so many different inputs or things that we've been either taught or that we've heard or that we've experienced come together to shape kind of what we believe or think about this topic of angels. And we have these questions. Like I, I kind of started insinuating to some of them, but we have questions such as, do angels really have wings? Do they care about baseball? 
Do angels come help me, save me? Are they there? Or we've talked in the past couple weeks, would an angel, when I die, do I become an angel? Do I go to heaven? Does angels accompany me to heaven? Can I see them? Do I experience them? And these are questions we might have. Or the question are, are angels little babies sitting with harps on the clouds that resemble more of a Cupid at Valentine's Day? But these questions here, and what we're going to look at today is truly, what does the Bible say about angels? Now, we do see this inside the Bible. We know that there was about 104 instances in scriptures that we see angels revealed to men. Now, these are spread out between the Old Testament and New Testament. It's something that starts from the very beginning, and guess what? It goes to the very end, the front cover to the back cover. There's angels throughout it. And we see this that about 104 times they're revealed to men. So let's break down some of these questions. And I'm going to kind of break them down into questions and kind of to teach it and then kind of wrap it up with, well, what does that even mean for you and I today? So the first kind of thing is, what is an angel, right? What is an angel? Now, the literal definition of angel is to dispatch as a deputy, a messenger, or ambassador. So, Angels are these spiritual beings sent to serve and assist us. They do the will of God and messengers, and they are warriors in the spiritual realms, not only in the spiritual realms, but also here on earth, doing the will of the Father. They do not know everything. They don't know everything. They're not all knowing, and they can ascend and descend from heaven, from heavenly realms and earthly realms. Now, we know, too, that they have emotions. Now, how do we know this? We, they're concerned with the dealings of men. We see angels have emotions, that they have anger, that they have vengeance, that even at times we see here that there was a revolt and that they showed joy and happiness, but then they pride as well. Because in that revolt, there was pride that caused the fall. They had pride. And in that revolt, there was a group of angels that were led by Lucifer, who's better known now as Satan, right? And this is kind of a whole other segment here is that we know that we have demons, which are fallen angels. And we talk about this. Now, let's get one thing very clear today. Before we go any further, this is a very important concept to grasp right here. Angels are real. Angels are real. That's the very biggest, most important thing that we kind of discuss here is that angels are real. And that if you're sitting today here watching that, you realize that. Because we often in the Christian world, I find this interesting, that we often speak more of demonic oppression than angelic intervention. We often will talk about what we feel like the darkness around us. We feel like, wow, I'm really in spiritual warfare right here because the, I just feel like under attack. I feel like Satan's kind of attacked me. And we talk more about it in the dark side that we realize that there's a spiritual side, but we talk it from the dark side rather than God's side. You see, the verse we kind of go back to is that Ephesians 6.12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realm. You see, we're claiming that all these things around us, because many of us probably were there, we, we claim that, we say, you know what, wow, it's been a tough week, and it's, it's more than coincidence, I feel like I'm under a spiritual attack. But we need to realize that there is a battle going on, there is a spiritual battle, but you have angels and people battling on your side. You have 
an army on your side battling this as well. It's not just that there is darkness and that we're fighting that, but that there is warriors for us. Because many times I feel that our perspective when it comes to angels is that they are, again, from some of the things that we've seen, or that they are just this calm, passive, white-robed, uh, maybe kind of more that touched by an angel view, but they're just, they're just really calm, calm. I want to tell you about Jesus. And that is true some of the time. But as we look at Scripture, and many times we realize that angels are warriors. And a better depiction of an angel is probably more like a Navy SEAL or like a Bravo team. That they are messengers, that they are warriors, that they are talked about and referred to in heaven as the army of heaven battling on our behalf. Think about in Scripture. How many times when an angel shows up, does the first thing he has to say is, don't be afraid? Now, if it was a cute little baby there with a harp looking at you going, hey, 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 would you be like afraid of that? No, you'd be like, oh, come here. All right. Or if it was just, no, they, they startled them. They either then surprised or just the, the magnitude of what they are. They had to say, do not fear. Joseph or Josiah, Joshua, that's the word, was reminded of this. Gideon was reminded of this. Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, Balaam's donkey was afraid. He saw an angel, which then caused the donkey to talk. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. It's a pretty cool story. All right. Now, we realize that they don't resemble these little cupids or that they, that they don't just are passive, but they are warriors here battling for us. So then really the question is, what do angels look like? Well, from what we know from Scripture and times of angels, that they look differently, all right? There are times where they describe them with wings, and it just says about what they're doing in heaven. And then there are times that we look at this in the spiritual beings, and they take on physical bodies, right? We see the angels at times take on these physical bodies that would resemble just like any one of us. We see this in Genesis when Abraham entertains three angels, and even at that moment, maybe didn't realize that he was entertaining three angels, and this goes into the New Testament, too, where we see in Hebrews, Paul tells us, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained them. So he says, even at that point, so Old Testament, New Testament, he's saying, hey, keep this up. you got to entertain. You need to be careful of who you come in contact with because you don't know because at times they take on these physical bodies. And like I said, they eat. They have emotions. It's not like you're going to meet someone who's like just like a robot, like, I come from the Lord. And, and you're like, I think this is an angel. We might be unwilling, unwittingly know, know that. So at times they take on these bodily forms. And we believe and we see here in Scripture that there are times where we can see them. There's times where we interact with them. And then there are times where they are battling within the spiritual realm. And they are not visible until they are revealed to us. One of my favorite examples of this that I'm going to share today comes from 2 Kings. So if you have your Bible with us, turn to 2 Kings, all right? We're going to check this out, and it's going to start in verse 8, all right? And it's a story of Elisha, and he traps the blinded Armenians. So it says this, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel, and after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God, 
The man of God sent word to king of Israel, beware of passing that place because of the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Now time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Verse 11, they enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Well, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So uh, Elisha is this prophet, and he communicates with God, and he warns them of this danger. Now, he, the king of Aram says, go find out where he is, this king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, and they went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Looking at our, our life here, how many times do we find ourselves in situations like that, right? Where we look at everything around us. You might be here this morning and you might be going, oh no, Lord, do you see this? Do you see what's going on? Do you, do you, are you paying attention here? Because, because there's just some crazy stuff going on. And he's saying this, but Elisha doesn't waver. Elisha doesn't waver. He just says this, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And again, they haven't been revealed yet, but I feel like at this point, Elisha is like looking at, and his servant's probably like, Elisha, you're not awake yet, I don't think. Let's look out the window again. Let's count one, 1,000, 2,000. And he starts, what are you talking about? In the natural, it doesn't make sense. But in the supernatural, we see here that it is revealed. And he said, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There was an entire army that was sent by God there to protect Elisha, to protect the servants. And it was when his eyes were open that, his, that he was able to, see, and able to see the angels and see them there. Multiple times throughout Scripture, through whether in physical form, we see it again, 104 times, whether physically or through visions and dreams and other ways like that, they are able to see angels and see the workings that of what they're going to do. Now, if they see them this many times, it leads us to the next question of, well, where did they come from? If they can, these, these beings that we're learning about here, where they have these attitudes, they have, they have emotions, they have desires. But where did they come from? Have they always been? So when we look at that, the answer to that is no, they have not always been. All right? Angels are not just like God. All right? They're not. They have not always been. We learn that the angels are created beings from the very first sentence of our Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we see this reinstated, restated again in Colossians later. It says, For by him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. So angels were not always, but they were created. Now the timeline for that, we kind of look at the Bible and we look and we kind of study it as people and as um, 
theologians have looked at the Bible. They've tried and said, where then is the timeline? We try to figure out, well, where's the timeline? And we have to look back into Joan. We don't know exactly, but we know it was very early on in the process because the angels were there to witness part of the creation story. Angels were there to witness part of the creation story. And it says this in Job, because this is God speaking to Job. He says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? He says, tell me, if you have understanding when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So he's saying, when I put the stars, when I laid the foundation of the earth, where were you? You weren't there. He says, the angels, they were, they were shouting for joy. And it says the sons of God here, and we know it's talking about angels because just a few chapters or a few sections back, it referred to when Satan and other angels came to God in the heavenly realms. And it tells them and refers to them there as the sons of God. So we see that angels weren't always, they were created beings back in the early stages of the creation of the world. And they got to witness and they got to see this masterpiece, this grand plan really evolving and having God unfold this master plan. So they're created by God. And now I don't know about you, but I believe that when you're created by God, you're created on purpose, right? So what is the purpose then of angels? Well, angels are called to carry out God's will, God's daily will. And so here's a long list. And I'm going to show you kind of a scripture here, and we're going to kind of break it down. But here's just some of the things that angels have done or that they are doing as we see here. So let's look at this list here. And I put some of the scriptures up there. Like I said, this is something we could talk about for a while. So I'm giving you something just to kind of wet your whistle, and then you got to go home and Find your own answers, okay, um, for some of these questions that I'm sure you might have. But here as we see this, we can see they strengthen in trial, or I mean, say they guard gates. They wage war in physical battle. They execute judgment. They minister to the saints. They minister to the saints. They help each individual. They sing praise and they worship to God. They strengthen in trial. They lead sinners to gospel workings. We see this with Philip. They direct preachers. They appear in dreams. We see that with Joseph. All right? Minister before God. They bind Satan. They accompany Christ to earth. They receive departed spirits and bring answers to prayer. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. So if you're looking at this and going, well, I thought they did. You might be right, okay? This is not an exhaustive list of everything that angels have done, but this gives us an idea here of the fact that they are doing the will of God, and it comes in many different forms and many different ways, and it's just amazing to see how God uses that. It's amazing to see God throughout Scripture using angels to impart His will here on earth. Now, and many times, many of us might say we can relate to one of those things that we've seen angels do. I know of a local pastor who I'm close with, and they have a story. And one of these great stories that they have is this example of a time where they truly believe angels saved his wife and helped his wife. And it was that they were she was traveling alone in Europe at one point. She was traveling and got off. And if you've ever been in Europe, there's, there's train stations. She's taking trains pretty much where she goes. And she accidentally got off at an area that was late at night and not the best part of town. And as she got off, she's carrying her two bags and she's going and she's walking and quickly realizes that she is being followed, that someone's following her. So as she tries to speed up with these two bags, she explains the story. She says, I knew it was angelic at this point from two different directions, two people, 
came to her side, never said a word, held her hand, grabbed her bag, and walked her to her destination. As soon as she got into a lit area that was well lit and seen there was other people around, she said, without saying a word, both individuals walked back opposite directions. Then her, her experience with this, she said, I could feel all of a sudden the presence of God and comfort in that moment. So is this an example? I believe that that is an example of angels in her life. And many of you probably have stories here. I know just in preparing for this, talking with some people from our church here, they said they'll never forget the time that there was a car accident. They were in a car accident. And they said someone pulled them out of the wreckage only to just find that they were, no one else ever saw someone there or that no one else was right there, or they couldn't find the person that had pulled them out. And we could each probably say that at some point, maybe we have an experience like that. You see, angels are here to help, but we got to be clear. Angels bring honor to God. Angels bring honor to God. So at any point you think or you believe that an angel has spoken to you or assisted you in something, and it contradicts the word of God, I'm sorry to tell you, but that is not an angel. If it contradicts or it goes against the word of God, it's not an angel. And angels are truly amazing and powerful, but we're not to worship them either. Oftentimes we see things of power. We see things that are amazing and it draws our attention. And this even happened in the Bible. There was a time where uh, in John, in Revelation says this, I am John. I am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren and the prophets and of those who have heed the words of this book. Worship God. So today, as we look at this and as we kind of go through all these things, remember the fact that as amazing as it is, as powerful as we see them and as much as you might see them work in your life, we are not to worship them. Now, as I said, we're kind of touching the basic here, basics of some of the angels, but one of the things that we must realize is that we can learn all about these angels. We can learn we're not supposed to worship them. We can learn more about them. But the question that I want to end and that we need to talk about is, what does that mean for me today? Because if we don't believe that it's impactful or it's important or it's something for us today, then why are we talking about it? And I want to answer this with this, that today I want us to encourage you to know the first that angels are real and that they are your, there for your assistance in the spread of the gospel. The early church saw God move and angels and angelic intervention move in their lives in a mighty, mighty way. And we see this and we want this. You see, our desire today is not, my desire today is not that you just all become, become obsessed with angels and that's all you want to do is look for angels. That's not what God called us to do. He's called us to spread the gospel. He told us to spread his word, to talk about him, to live. And guess what? If we are going in that path, if we are going on what God has called us to do, then we will need assistance at times. And that we will need help. And that they are there for us. See, we're called to spread the gospel and we can ask for angelic help. We can ask God to send his angels to protect, protect, deliver, to serve on our behalf. We see him moving this way. Let's look at this instance. Just in the book of Acts, the early church. Just in the book of Acts. These examples. Acts 5.19. An angel gives the apostles an encouraging word from the Lord. Acts 8.26, an angel gave directions from God to Philip to set up a powerful moment to give the gospel. 
Acts 10.3, an angel spoke to Cornelius to set up a time for his family's salvation. Acts 12.7, an angel freed Peter from prison. Acts 12.23, an angel kills King Herod as he was being claimed to be a god. Acts 27.23, an angel encouraged Paul of God's protection over the ship he was on. This is just some of the examples there in the early church. And so today, as we look at this, as we move forward, my encouragement to you is to be encouraged. That in the trials, in the moments here, in the struggles, that you are not alone. Not only is the Spirit of God with us, not only is the presence of God, but the angels' armies, the heaven's armies are with us. I pray that we are not just a church that learns information about angels in heaven and keeps living and expecting it to be something in the future. Truly, my prayer, and my prayer for this church is that we would live our lives expecting, experiencing heaven to act on our behalf and as we, as we spread the gospel. So this morning, I want to pray almost the same prayer that Elisha prayed. I want to pray this morning as we're going to pray for an outpouring of the Spirit in our church and in the next couple of weeks, but I want to pray that our eyes are opened too. To whether it's the strangers in the marketplace or at work, or if it's for visions and dreams. But I pray that we would be supernaturally encouraged to continue the work of spreading the gospel. Let's pray this morning together. God, I pray right now that we would not be a church that just learns information, that learns your word, but then leaves it there. God, I pray that we would learn your word, that we would learn what you have, that we would hear from you, God, and hear from heaven and act in accordance to that. God, I pray that our eyes would be open, that we would see a greater portion of your presence in this building, in this place that would flow out. And I pray, God, that we would see a greater portion of angelic activity as we call upon and serve together for the glory and the honor of God. God, I pray that we would move in a mighty way and that we would see your hand at work, Lord. Let us do your work. Let us do your will, Lord, as we follow you in your scripture. God, we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as you leave, like I said, I, we don't have time today to cover everything. And there might be still questions that you have. And there might be questions in this Heaven series. And one of the things that we've been offering as a resource is out in the lobby, there's this little book that's called Heaven. Go pick one up. If you know of someone who has questions about these, research it. Again, please, please don't just take my word for it, but go and research it yourself. Read about it and experience the presence of God today. I, my prayer for you is that you guys see his presence move in a mighty way. So go, have a great week, uh, and have your eyes open. And remember, look out for strangers. <laughs> they might be, he might be entertaining angels. Go and have a blessed week. Love you all. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series, videos, and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.